Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So the uh, Christmas version of the Midweek Howl is now in session. Howl, are you ready for Christmas? Uh, uh, you know, I, I got a bunch of food and a bunch of stuff bought. So, you know, I guess... I as guess Ameri- so. As an American, you're ready for Christmas? Yeah, I don't know. what. <laughs> how do you... I mean, how do you... Um, Get prepared, right? I, you know, it's about the best way. You know, I, how do you get prepared? I don't know. After, after we, when we're recording this, I got to go to uh, our first of I don't know how many family Christmases that we have on the uh, schedule this year. But uh, yeah. Izzy was leaving to go check out the horse, and she goes, "Mom says we got to re- we got to get dressed up, <laughs> dressed up." To go see the people you see all the time or you're related to. That's what always gets me. Dude, I'm related to them. You think they think I'm not a slob? (laughs) Yeah, they ought to know. Because I put some good stuff on today. (laughs) You know? Yeah, they ought to know by now, right? uh, Maybe. I I don't know. I I just simply told Iz, I said, the whole goal for Christmas is to keep your mom happy. And I said, if we (laughs) keep your mom happy, then I said, "We're we're doing good. And she's well, like, well, I'm, I don't like it. She goes, I'm going to fight with her about it. And I'm like, just please don't. You know, I I look at it a little more tact, uh, uh, tactically because I'll be honest with you. I wear the same, you know, I, I wear the same shirts nine out of ten days. I, I, You know, and it's not that I'm wearing the same shirt. It's, you know, I, I buy a lot of stuff and I don't want to say their name because they're, they don't pay us anything. So, um, <laughs> but... I I got my I get on there when it's half price or you know when they like right now the, the short sleeve t-shirts are on sale, so if they have my size if, I, if there's two extra large talls usually what I buy, so if there's one for less than fifteen dollars I'll buy five of them but it, I usually end up with the same color right so yeah last so it looks year, like buy five of the green you know what I mean just <laughs> yeah. so it looks like I'm wearing the same shirt every day it's because I got five of them but uh, you know when I was back to the on you at Christmas or something. It reminds me when I was in the academy, my boots, I think I told the story, my boots were terrible, right? So we'd have these inspections on Friday at a certain point of the time when you can go home on the weekends. You have an in-ranks inspection. You have to stand at attention outside your dorm room and they come and, and they inspect you and your uniform. And then they go in your room and then trash your stuff out. But they would get to me and I would fail my inspection every 
week because of my boots. Right. And right before I graduated, I had this lieutenant ask me, he said, what's the deal with your boots, man? You just don't understand how to shine them things or you can't get help or you can't what? And I said, no, you never looked any further, did you? He goes, what do you mean? I said, I never failed for my room because once you fail, you fail. So when I go to one of these family deals, I go to some functions and my clothes look like crap. They don't talk about anything else but my clothes. You know, because then if you look good, then they're going to look, what are you driving? And you drive something good, okay, how, you know what I mean? It's like they pick you apart. Fail right off the bat. I'm wearing the same green T-shirt I had last time I was here. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, with that, with that, with that piece of holiday advice, I, I'm curious to see how many of our listeners follow that advice in this year at Christmas. That would be a great case study. Um. But Howard, we have a we have a great we have a great guest today. I seen um, that. I seen him while ago on the video. It looks good. It looks like he looks like somebody I'm related to. It looks like he just <laughs> he could come to one of my functions and say, "Well, who's that?" Is, you know, he just is that because he had a green shirt on or what? No, just oh, because uh, the way he looked. Dark dark hair, you know, kind of little beard, scruffy. Yeah, he just looks like everybody I'm related to. And should we dare we say kind of handsome, kind of ruggedly handsome? Well, I was going to say that I was, okay. you know, but I was saving that because beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Okay, so, all right. So, well, more. <laughs> well, as I explained to our guests, you know, we're going to bring him on here. I have no idea how a comment he made on some Facebook post. I don't even know what the post is. I don't even know, but. But it was a comment that told his his experiences in life, or at least two of them, and we'll probably get into some more of them, that I found so fascinating, especially from where I grew up in Ohio. Um, we're going to bring on Jason Weber. Jason, welcome to the Midweek How on the From the Shadows podcast. Hey, thank you. It's great to be on here. <laughs> so, so... Like we kind of talked, so I'm from Northwest Ohio, and growing up, um, I lived way out in the sticks. And 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 our listeners are all of our. I mean, I'm assuming you're in the same age range as me and the Holler, um, but uh, our younger kids, uh, fans, they won't understand this. Is you know, we grew up, we had like an antenna for television, and you could only yeah. get. ABC, NBC, CBS, and maybe PBS of whatever town you were the closest to. And where I grew up, it was Toledo, Ohio. Okay. All my friends, they got Cleveland or Columbus. I got stuck with Toledo. And I shouldn't say I got stuck because Toledo then kind of grew on me a little bit. And I came to find out it was kind of a cool, it's kind of a really cool town. But, but you have a part of Toledo's history. (laughs) That when I saw when I saw what one of your jobs were, were or job one of the jobs that you had, it brought back a lot of memories, and it was seemed on one hand on the surface polar opposite of another job that you have that is kind of regional, but then again as I started doing some more reading and, and remembering, it's almost like the same thing. It's like, Pretty much. So do you want to kind of explain? A little bit about yourself and and then um, and kind of what it was that you what brought you to Ohio and, and how you yeah, got sure. into doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had some pretty uh, interest. I've had a pretty interesting uh, career. And um, I um, in 2004, I first came to Ohio. Um, I was living in Detroit. Uh, at the time, I just graduated from college. I got a journalism degree from Wayne State University. And my first job out of college was uh, getting a job with the Toledo City Paper, which is a uh, the uh, alternative news weekly of Toledo. And uh, so I was editor of City Paper for like four and a half years. And then um, I wanted to um, basically make more money because there is no money in journalism. So I got a job as the public information officer for Mayor Carlton S. Finkbeiner, better known as Cardi Finkbeiner. And uh, Cardi was, um, is a uh, interesting cat. He, um, (laughs) 
He's just, uh, he's known for his temper. He's known for um, his uh, rather unorthodox approach to uh, governing a city. And uh, for nine months, I worked for this man. And my job was to make him look good. And uh, <laughs> at the end of that nine months, I had PTSD really bad. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nine month gestation process. At the end of that nine months, I was a man. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so, um, well, first of all, any, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but Carlton is a kind of a cool first name. Why would you go by Cardi? I don't know. I, th- <laughs> I, I think he went by Cardi because he was, he was just trying to, uh, um, be kind of like, so I do like a, a every man kind of thing. You're like, Oh, that's Cardi, you know? And just, uh, I don't know. I was like, I always called him Carlton behind his back. So <laughs> I mean, just the last name Finkbeiner. Oh yeah. To and, and I'm not, you know, it's it's low brow to make fun of a guy's last name, but that is that stands out so much in and of itself. So 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 explain, you know, explain to our listeners like what happened, like, uh, and and I don't know what time period exactly uh, the controversies you may have been involved in that you had to explain away, right. but. Like, how did his temper get him in trouble or his mouth? <laughs> oh, God, where do I begin? Um, well, Fink, well, well, Finkbeiner, um, in the, he was, he was mayor three times and, um, he was mayor twice in the nineties and then once in the two thousands. And during his first term, uh, he made the national news, um, like on the, on the daily show and other, uh, and, and other talk shows, because there were um, there were people who were complaining about who lived next to Toledo Airport, and um, people were complaining about the noise pollution from from the uh, planes taking off and landing. And um, Finkbeiner publicly floated the idea of moving all of the deaf people in Toledo over by the airport, so that. Um, <laughs> You know, they, they wouldn't be bothered by the uh, by the place picking off. And um, he was serious. He was serious. He, he later he later tried to backpedal by saying it was just an idea that I thought had, had some merit. But uh, needless to say, the hearing impaired in Toledo did not find that very funny. <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, it became uh, just uh, his trademark. Uh, the deaf people by the airport comments and um now that was years before i ever came to to toledo but when i got the job as his pio um that was um that incident was still his most his most famous moments you know and um i'm looking he he called for a boycott of little caesar's I like yeah. that he shaved ten dollars off the uh, city. He had the contractor remove ten dollars from the city bid to get it below the threshold to, <laughs> for the council to vote on. That's yes, uh, was he a Democrat? He must have been a Democrat. Um, he was. Um, good at sharpening a pencil like that. Oh yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no. Cardi was kind of Cardi was kind of a political weather vane. He started out as a Republican in the seventies, then he went as an independent. And then, uh, and then ultimately he went as a, a Democrat, but, um, but yeah, he's been, uh, all three, he's been several different parties. But people liked him apparently if they, if they elected him three times. Um, the, the third time he got elected, which was in 90, I'm sorry, which was in 2007, I believe, um, that would, which was the year, which was the, um, term I, I worked for him. Um, he replaced the uh, incumbent mayor Jack Ford, who um, Ford Ford really had a um, a very soft governing style. You know, he didn't uh, he wasn't very energetic, and uh, people responded to Cardi's energy. So he he won the uh, his third term basically because people were tired of Jack Ford. But as soon as Cardi got into office that third time, he was up to his old tricks. And uh, up to it. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, one one thing that he did was um, there was um, a, a squad of um, 
Marines that were uh, doing uh, urban training in downtown Toledo. So these are people in in, uh, in combat fatigues and everything, and they had um, weapons and everything, and they were learning how to um, how to uh, engage in combat in the inner city. Well, Finkbeiner was terrified of this, and he said that um, you know it's going to scare people and everything. So he threw the Marines out of downtown Toledo. He said, "You guys can't can't train here anymore." And um, that pissed everybody off because, you know, Toledo is very much a pro-military town. Sure. And, Klinger, and Klinger was from Toledo. So that's right. I mean, I, yeah, you can't, you can't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The only, well, hey, I, I was, I was, I was trying to think, was I in high school before I realized there was another town in Ohio besides Toledo? Yeah. Oh, geez, really? Yes, yeah, because, because because of mash. mash. You know, my yeah. mom yeah. was a big mash person, and sure. I, you know, I thought Toledo had to be the the, the capital and everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I've interviewed Jamie a couple times. So She's great. I, I, you know what? What intrigued me more than the, the through the Marine Reservists out was the police. The police chief resigned six months into his his brief tenure because of a near physical confrontation with the mayor. And I'm trying to think, is that a strong mayor? Or is that a weak police chief? You would think, if he, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. The police chief was scared of him? The police chief, yeah. The um, the police chief, um, that happened before That happened before I, I worked for Cardi. But what happened was, is that um, during a, a staff meeting, Finkbeiner was saying, talking crap about uh, the police chief's job and, uh, and the job he was doing. And the police chief got up and, uh, yeah, the word around the campfire is that they almost got into a fist fight. And um, what was funny is that the first thing that Cardi did when he got into office was fire the former police chief, Mike Navarre. And he, he imposed uh, this other guy, I think his name was Jack Smith. And um, so... Cardi got, almost got into a fist fight with this police chief that he himself appointed. His handpicked guy. <laughs> yeah, his handpicked guy. And um, as soon as, and yeah, it was like six months into it, and uh, the, the, the police chief was like, screw this, I quit. And Cardi had to hire back Mike Navarre as his chief of police, who he fired the first time. <laughs> oh, God. And he had to be, he had to be like, I saw he's like 83 now. So he had to be in his 70s when all this is taking yes. place. Yeah, oh, I can't get over. I, I want to know how big was the uh, was the fire chief that he? I mean, listen. Why he had a problem with the fire chief too? Oh, yeah, um, Mike the, Bell. Oh um, he um, <laughs> go ahead and tell this one. <laughs> yeah, this also this also happened before before I came along. But he called um, um, Mike. He referred to Mike Bell as um, I believe it was King Kong, and uh, Mike Bell is a very very tall black man. And uh, it's uh, it pissed off a lot of people in the, in the staff meeting, and, and, and Carter was like, "Well, I was just kidding. I was just saying saying what a big guy he was and everything." But you know, when you're a mayor, when you're a mayor, you can't really you, you have to watch your keys and cues. And so, well, I was just thinking maybe he set his sights a little low uh, uh, on Toledo. He might have been able to run as a national uh, in a national office with that. You know, he could have been running for president if he was absolutely. Had, he might have been a little before his time. Yeah, <laughs> a little before his. Yeah, <laughs> that campaign might have some legs. I don't even know. He could be. He, listen, I don't know if uh, somebody well, that announced their announced that they were running again. He might be a good vice presidential candidate. Yeah, you, you know, never know. Really, um, really mix things up. <laughs> he might. Cardi, be. Cardi actually did did run for mayor again. Um, I think it was the last year, or the year before, but he did run for a fourth term. And uh, he did not win. Um, Wade Kapsikiewicz, the incumbent, uh, trounced him. But, uh, yeah, Cardi did go for a fourth term, believe it or not. I, I want to know. This is one anecdote on Wikipedia, okay? I, I got to know were, if you were the person that had to, to put out this fire. But it said in June of 2009, a video surfaced showing Finkbeiner breaking up a fight in Highland Park. Calling one boy Fatso Tubby, or yes, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I remember that well. Um, no, I did not have to put out that fire. Um, I got I got laid off just before that um, that transpired. 
So oh. I missed I missed that one. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, Cardi was all over the news going, come here, fatso. And uh, <laughs> yep. mean, can you I mean I can picture like an old an old guy at the park, you know, trying to feed the pigeons or something, and here's these right. kids and, <laughs> and grabbing them by the shirt collar, come here, fat but the mayor. <laughs> so did you just write a book what book did you just write about this or about other things oh no, um, no, no it's about something else. yeah it's, it's about, about, well it, it's about other things but uh but the story but stories of uh what i went through with think biner uh are in the book they're so, in the book? okay they're in the book yes <laughs> well um before we get to that i do i do want to say so what were some of the things that you yourself I mean, was there anything really bad that you had to to try to put out? And do you have you ever sat back and thought, how would I have handled like like the uh, airport debacle? Right. Like, how, how, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if you ever think, oh, I could have got him out of that. Well, it was it was it was a tough gig because um, you know he was his mouth was always running, and um, you just you you never knew what to expect. Every day was a new day. And um, you had to be ready for anything. Um, the biggest controversy I got, I, I, I that I had to put out was, um, well, actually, I was involved with it because this is back in the 2000s when everybody had a MySpace page, okay. and I had a I had a, a blog on MySpace, and um, a couple months into my tenure working for Finkbiner, I wrote some stuff on my blog. Uh, about him saying that um you know just talking about his temper and everything and it was only for maybe like 10 people uh because i had a pri- it was a private blog so um what i did was i i mentioned that uh i said in november of 2008 that Finkbeiner was digging his political grave well fast forward to a couple months later i think it was in may of 2009 I uh, get a phone call from the newspaper in town saying, hey, are these your blog entries that have been posted on this website? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I look at it and somebody had copied my blog entries and pasted them on this local political blog uh, website. And um, so I got my ass handed to me for that because, uh, you know, Pink Buyer's like, why the hell are you talking smack about me on the internet and everything? And I'm uh, so I, I had to I had to eat some crow for that. Uh, that was the biggest that was the biggest controversy I had I had to endure. And he didn't fire me because um, because I because everything I said in the blog was true for one thing, and also um, it's not like that I was it's not like I was reviewing city secrets or anything like that. So a couple of hit of the mayor's associates uh, urged him to go easy on me. And uh, I got I got laid off a couple months later, but uh, I did not get fired at that time. But uh, but yeah, um, I uh, talked to some, some smack about Cardi, and I got smacked across the mouth for it. So <laughs> you think he waited a couple months for it to die down before he laid you off? Yeah, I don't. Which yeah, I I, I don't know why he didn't fi- just fire me at the just fire me at the first at the first uh, sign of trouble because frankly it would have been a mercy uh, layoff you know at, at that you time put you out of your misery yes yeah I uh, I had a lot of sympathetic people uh, when I worked for, when I worked for Pinkbinder because he had during his last his last tenure he he went through five different public information officers including myself. Five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he went through five of them. And um, just because it, it was a thankless job, you know, I mean, just, uh, you, you know, I mean, the public information officer's main job is supposed to be to tell the people, um, you know, what's going on in the city. But Finkbeiner used the PIO position basically as his personal publicist. And um, it's, uh, it just got, it just got insane after a while. I mean, you know, I was there for nine and a half months, and at the end of it, man, like I said, I was uh, I got PTSD really bad, and you know, it was. <laughs> well, now, now that you you know that you're away from it and can reflect, did he did he really have Toledo's best interest 
at heart or was he just in it for the notoriety or was there another ulterior motive or, or well what? that's that's a good question i think that uh, cardi loves toledo absolutely he loves toledo toledo is is his great love but um i th- and, and i think that he was kind of like larry david i think he met well but just he was so um, it was like so, so socially uh, stunted <laughs> and just so and just so completely over the top that just he just would get himself into these situations that you that you had to uh, help him out of, you know. Oh so, my God, that, because he was that, just so passionate about it. Yes, yes, and um, that is the greatest analogy, though. I'm just gonna yeah. say. I mean, if if writing a screenplay for the for the the, the administration of Cardi Finkbeiner in Toledo had any kind of legs or potential, I could definitely see Larry David playing Cardi Finkbeiner. Oh, I could too. Absolutely. I mean, I could see, I, now I'm picturing him grabbing the kid in the park and going, come here, fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just had a four yes. words. I don't know. It. You know, I know a lot of people would say, well, is he, was he fat? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. that's an accurate description, what's the problem? <laughs> right i know people like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly oh boy oh geez so so what's he doing what's he doing now well right now um fake biner is working with a uh a, a consortium of former toledo mayors including mike bell and uh, donna owens and they're trying to um fight crime in the city because Toledo's got a really bad crime rate right now. I think we've got, I think there've been like 60 people killed by a, in homicides this year. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous, man. And um, so Finkbeiner is saying that the mayor, the current mayor, Wade Kapsikiewicz, isn't doing enough to fight, to stop crime. So he took, so he got a whole bunch of the other mayors together to start up this citizens group where they advocate for like neighborhood watch and uh, stuff like that. None of their ideas are, are really groundbreaking. They're not doing anything that the city isn't already doing. So I think it's just more, it's just a way of keeping his name in, in the papers. Uh, basically, yeah, just... You know, so, cause um, yeah, Cardi, Cardi, Cardi knows how to, to uh, work the media in a big way. He really knows how to work the media. And, and, you know, I, I don't want everybody to think we're bagging on Toledo because Toledo is really a very cool. It's a very cool town. I mean, yeah, it is. It's got it's God's moments. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, um, the Toledo Museum of Art is great. The Old West End, uh, certain parts of that are. I mean, back twenty some years ago when I was was in Toledo a lot more are is great. You know, Ottawa Hills is great. Tony Pye yeah. The downtown at one point was being revitalized and stuff. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, so, I mean, Toledo's good. And look, from my childhood, I always remember the Toledo Gold Diggers. I mean, you talk about, that was a hockey team. You guys probably don't even know. That was a hockey team. So it was in the IHL, I think. It was the the uh, yeah the minor league. And they played downtown in the, uh, what, the Toledo Sports Arena, I believe. Yep. And that was huge. Huge yes. news for, yep. for, uh, for the time. And, uh, I need to get some Toledo Gold Digger merch. I know they got to have some somewhere. That's oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> right now we've got the right now the hockey team is the Toledo Walleye, and uh, they do a really and they do a really nice job. So. Yeah, and towns like a city, I shouldn't say town, but cities like that, you know, um, that's a great part of their fabric. Is you know some you know the Mud Hens are an institution. You know, yep. like could you even imagine Toledo without the Mud Hens? Oh man, we'd we'd be sunk. Yeah, I mean it's it's great, and I think and it adds to the charm. Yeah, of those towns. But back now, the crime part, and I don't want to bag on Detroit, but it's just down the road from Detroit. And, yeah, and that's you know, I mean that's a probably where a lot of that comes from, or vice versa, I guess. Maybe Toledoans are going to Detroit to commit crimes. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that brings us then, okay? Because I think that I think we'll see maybe the parallel to. I gotta assume then this became your next job or one of your next jobs 
was working with the insane clown posse. Yep. Yeah. So, I... <laughs> so, so there'll be a segment of people listening that'll be like, who? Or, <laughs> or there'll be a segment of people raising up their glass of Fago right now. Yep. Going, yeah. You know, and, and I know when I told the howler about it, he had no idea what Fago was. And I didn't realize it was a, such a regional drink. Yes. But, it's uh, the, the Detroit pop, Fago. Yes. Because we have it down here. I mean, I grew up with Fago, so I just assumed it was, um, you know, like the, like the more generic brand of, of you know, Pepsi, Coke, and, and great, you know, the Sunkist and all that other stuff because of the flavored soda. But, uh, right. but tell, so tell us about being a, I'm just going to call you a member of the ICP. Yeah, man. It's um, well, after I got laid off from Fink, after I got laid off by Finkbeiner, um, I spent a couple of years down in Dayton, Ohio, uh, working for another mayor down there. And uh, then I was freelance. I was, I was a freelance writer uh, when I was down in Dayton. And I wrote a story uh, for the Metro Times in Detroit about this um, white rapper named Danny Kay. And Danny Kay was one of ICP's um, influences, but nobody had ever heard of Danny Kay. He was this um, Danny not like Kay, the, not like the old guy Danny Kay, <laughs> right? No, this guy was was right. This guy was a, a Caucasian rapper in the '80s in in Detroit. So I wrote this article um, for the Metro Times, and it got the attention of Violent J of Insane Cloud Posse, and. Um, we start talking and I just came up with a bunch of ideas to uh, help improve the label. You know, I just came up with, um, you know, t-shirt ideas and ideas for putting their stuff on vinyl and, um, and everything. So they ended up uh, hiring me in uh, December of 2012, 10 years ago, 10 years ago this year. And um, so I moved from Dayton up to Detroit uh, Farmington Hills, actually, which is a suburb of, of Detroit. I used to I used to work in Farmington Hills. Oh no shit! Oh no kidding! That's great. Yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, yeah, um, I worked. I um, yeah, so I moved up to Farmington Hills, and um, it was uh, and then for five years I was a professional juggalo. Um, <laughs> I was uh, my job was I was their uh, director of public relations, is what said on my business card. And um, I basically was just the uh, spokesman for the label. Um, and um, it was, uh, it really was the best of times. That was the worst of times. It was, it was crazy. But, uh, um, but yeah, I did that for, uh, for, for five years. And um, it was, it was just nuts. So, so for the people that don't, that are not familiar with the Insane Clown Posse, um, kind of describe who these guys are and how they, you know, what, what they do and their brand of music and their brand of entertainment, because sure. I mean, there was a lot, um, were they, I got, i got, became familiar with them even before I was working up in Detroit. And I think it was, was it through Howard Stern maybe? Yes. They've been or, on Howard Stern a number of times. Yeah. Okay. And so I, yes. So that's where I was. Cause they beefed with a lot of people. And oh, yeah. it was legit or not, you know, I mean, I know how that works, but, yeah. but they were really like, it was great. I mean, they were on Stern and they were talking trash and I mean, it was just fantastic. Yeah. It was great radio when they were on Stern. Um, okay. So the, here's the primer uh, for insane clown posse. Um, ICP is two guys, violent J and shaggy Tudo. They're from um, Oak park, uh, Michigan. And um, in the early late eighties, early nineties, they formed this rap group, and um, they dressed themselves up as 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 clowns, basically. And um, I mean, it's a long story, but the basic uh, gist of it is that they the, their style of music is called horrorcore, horrorcore rap, and they they rap about serial killers, they rap about horror movie stuff um just it, it's very very dark it's very scary and uh, their big their big gimmick is that they take uh hundreds of two liters of fago pop and they throw it all over the audience 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So they're kind of they're kind of like guar in the sense that so where the audience is going to get wet, and um, or Gallagher, so, yes, <laughs> or Gallagher, yes, a demented Gallagher. <laughs> um, so um, they've been doing this since uh, this is the 30th anniversary of ICP this year. They, oh my gosh! Yeah, they did their first album, their first album as ICP uh, in 1992, Carnival Carnage, and. Um, yeah, it's been for 30 years. They've been just doing this, um, this shtick, and uh, people still love it. Um, every year, they they hold the uh, annual gathering of, of the Juggalos, uh, which is a big music festival in uh, near Columbus, Ohio. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's a worldwide it's a worldwide empire. It really is. I, um, I was I was you know, and I knew. Uh, I knew they were popular, but you didn't really because, I mean, they don't seem main super mainstream because there's no, no radio airplay. But I mean, these dudes got a couple platinum albums. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, they have two joke. platinum, that's, two platinum albums and two gold albums. That's no joke. I mean, yep. that's that's and you're talking from back in the day when um, that was a legit million albums sold. Yes, you know? uh, that that's an incredible feat. Like nobody. Nobody does that today. It's, I mean, of course, with streaming and stuff, it's nearly impossible. But, but just to sell a million, I mean, that's not because they're not getting. They were never getting mainstream love. No, they've know? always they've always been underground, and they're they're still underground, even at their at their most popular, which was in like uh, ninety from ninety seven until. 99 or 2000 that was probably the, their peak year uh speaking commercially that's where they had two back-to-back platinum albums they uh made a movie that was really well received um and they made a like, movie i do not remember the movie, movie was the yeah movie? they they they've done two movies actually uh big money hustlers and big money rustlers and um, they are available on streaming i think they're on prime video right now but they're but they're hilarious and um, I have to check those out. I, yes, there are there are ICP movies out there. That that's crazy. And, yeah. and then they were big, like in wrestling and stuff too. Yeah, they uh, they hosted they uh, founded their own uh, wrestling uh, federation, Juggalo Championship Wrestling (JCW). And um, yep, they that's been around since uh, two thousand and one. And um, yeah. 20, 21 years later, it's still going strong. Holy smokes. 
So, yeah. so, so what, so what were, I mean, like when you, when they reached out to you, were you like apprehensive or were you like, ah, I'm just going to do this. This seems cool. I mean, cause I don't know. Is this, is that your kind of music? Is that something you enjoyed? Um, Oh yes. I'm a juggalo. Absolutely. I'm a juggalo. Um, really? okay. yeah, definitely. I've been a juggalo since 97 when I first heard the great Malenko. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I went to them for the job. I mean, I, I basically just, just, um, just went for it. You know, I just, um, I, I knew I could, I could help them. And, and uh, from a PR uh, point of view, and I knew it was going to be crazy, but I figured after working for Cardi, I could handle anything. That's and, what I was um, tr- trying to figure out. So, so one would think, you know, anybody that's read anything about entertainment realizes entertainers can be uh, uh, passionate, fluid individuals that you don't know where they're going to go. That's but, right. <laughs> and you would think that it would be easier to work for a Midwestern mayor than it would be a crazy rap group right but right. you're saying it's easier to work for them than it was cardi yes it was um yeah. well, well they're pro and i don't know i don't know these guys but they're probably not crazy at all you know they're probably <laughs> down you know down to earth dads and yes they're because just, it's the act once the once the yeah. once the once the director says uh action it's it's a it's a yeah it's yeah, when 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 they're on, they're on. You know, I mean, when they when they put on the face paints, when they're throwing the fago, when they're singing about serial killers and uh, and murder, yeah, it's a shtick. You know, um, off stage, both guys are really great. Um, they, I mean, they both have egos because they're they're celebrities, so they have egos. But um, but I never really for the in the five years I worked for them, I never really. Um, it was a tough job, but I never really had any kind of personal beef with it, with either of those guys or anything. Um, they, they were always very nice to me. Um, I, uh, I used to butt heads a lot with their CEO, um, Bill Dale, but, uh, who was basically running the whole ship, but, um, but I had a lot of respect for him. So, um, you know, but it was hard work. I mean, you had to do everything from unload um, pallets of Fago from, uh, from from a truck, and um, it was yeah, it was it was exhausting. I mean, um, yeah. When you, how, when you how much how much do they now? I mean, how big is Fago itself? Like who who owns and runs and distributes Fago? And well, and Fago. How, and, <laughs> Fago is is still huge in the in the uh, Detroit area. I mean, you can't get a bigger. Uh, there's no bigger drink. Because it's a grape drink. Tell about because yes. some of my listeners. So it's a grape drink, like uh, just a grape drink, soda. Yes, absolutely. Well, well it's all kinds yeah. of soda, right? It's grape and orange and red and yeah, right? yeah. So a, it's just a name brand, but it's yeah. colored yes. soda. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Beer, but there's they had root beer and oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the um. Here's here's some inside trivia. Um, when ICP is on stage and they're throwing the Fago, they always throw Diet Fago Cola and Diet Fago root beer. It has to be it has to be diet because the sugar from regular Fago uh, eats away at at their uh, at their props, their foam rubber props. Oh, oh, oh god! So <laughs> what's that tell you about drinking it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I was responsible for uh, for ordering all of the Fago from uh, f- from the company. And uh, so did they cut them a break since they were buying so much or using so much? Yeah, they did because um, because we always would buy it in bulk, and so we got some kind of some kind of discount uh, on it and everything. And um, yeah, um, you know. I would always call over there, and uh, they and they always would would tease me every time I'd call over there because they always would be like, "Okay, how much fago do, do you need this time?" And I'm like, um, "I need four pallets." And and they'd be like, "Is that for one show?" I'm like, "Yes, it's for one show," because uh, they would go through hundreds and hundreds of two liters of fago every show. It was it it, it was just nuts. So how were well, they spraying? It, how were they dispersing this? This well, they would <laughs> there was um. <laughs> There's an art form to, to a throwing fago. They would um, you you uh, open up the top, 
of the bottle. You shake it up, and then uh, which creates kind of like a a rocket. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, and everything stuff, and then they just take that and just hurl it out into, into the crowd, or they kick it. And uh, so there's but, hundreds of people in this crowd. Yes. Getting soda slung on them, and they love it. They love it. They absolutely love it. <laughs> yep. And um, I, I remember as a kid, Vega was the two liter you could go get for like sixty nine cents a two liter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think it's. I think. I think the two liters are now like. Um, I think they raised the price up to like a buck fifty or something like that. But it's still. It's still that's, the ghetto pop. Oh, that's still call dirt cheap. Still. still yeah. We call it affordable. We don't use the term ghetto here. Oh, it's gotcha. affordable because mm-hmm. some of yeah. our listeners are less fortunate. Actually, a lot of our listeners are 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 less fortunate, which is why they have time to sit and listen to us. Right. <laughs> so, I really like to think that they're planners. They're they're planning. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's two kinds of people: those who do and never think, and those are think and never do. Our audiences are thinkers, and sometimes they yes. overthink, and then they just wait for tomorrow. procrastinators again tomorrow of course tomorrow never comes right (laughs) oh god so so other than uh other than being the fago guy like what what are some of your your fondest memories of of being out there doing some of that stuff with those guys well in 2017 we actually marched on washington dc there was um if, if you go to wikipedia look up juggalo march there is an article. There's an article in there about what happened when ICP went to Washington, and um, in 2000. What? What, what, what were they going there for? Okay, I'll tell you. Um, in 2011, the uh, Department of Justice came out with this gang force task list, and um, Juggalos were listed as a gang in America. Oh right, gosh! I right I next to, that. I mean. Jugglers were listed along next to uh, Crips, Bloods, Aryan uh, Brotherhood, Latin Counts, all of the great gangs of America, and Jugglers were lumped in with, with those with those other gangs. Um, but at first, ICP was kind of like was kind of amused by it because it's like, okay, we're a gang now, okay, whatever. But it t- quickly turned into not a laughing matter because a lot of Jugglers were getting uh, harassed by cops. And FBI agents um, for um, just doing absolutely nothing. I mean, you would be you could be pulled over for having a Hatchet Man sticker or an ICP sticker on your car, and it happened all the time. Holler, holler! He is downplaying this because he, Jason, is in the Wikipedia article as the guy who organized the march. Yep, I did. Well, I think if anything else, the last few weeks with the Twitter chronicles, we have seen that apparently some of those uh, uh, who who was the just the facts guy uh, back in the old Dragnet guy. Who's the Dragnet guy? Uh, Joe Friday. Joe Friday. Yeah. Joe. Yes. I, I apparently the educated Joe Fridays that went to law school and run the Department of Justice apparently do not cannot recognize satire. No. Because did you see those thousands of satire <laughs> accounts that they that they flagged? And it's like, hey, no. and then they didn't flag the the international terrorism uh, accounts because they didn't have enough interpreters to really know what those guys were saying. So right. you could say death to America, but you can't say let's throw some grape drink. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know? Exactly. I mean, people. I mean, juggalos were getting harassed by cops everywhere, and. Juggalos were being um, were being denied um, for military service because they had ICP tattoos, because the military was saying that they were gang um, insignias. Oh my yeah, God. it's um, God. there's a uh, there's a great documentary about the whole thing called "The United States of Insanity," um, which I'm in actually. Um, you can stream that on uh, Tubi. Um, but okay. uh, but, check, but check it out. There's a yeah. There, it's a wonderful documentary about the whole FBI versus versus ICP um, thing. And everybody, and, right after you stream the United States of Insanity on Tubi, go yep. stream Escape from Death Block 13 because it's still going strong on Tubi. Okay, little side. Hey, side so promo. so you you organized <laughs> this march on Washington? Yes, sir. 
And what happened? You didn't get there January 6th, did you? If you did, you need to quit talking. <laughs> nope, it wasn't there January 6th. Um, so um, I was responsible for, for, for like getting all the permits for the march and everything and mapping out the uh, the march routes. And oh, all my that. God, so you were such a lawbreaker, you got the permit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, it's a good way to infiltrate them and keep, keep their guard down. That's right. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it was uh, September 16th or 17th of 2017, and um, we all drove to drove to DC. And um, ICP spoke at the um, right in front of the Lincoln Memorial, at, at approximately the same spot where um, Abby Hoffman. Oh, where, where, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's actually what I was going for because. Um, I didn't know where the hell to uh, to um, do the march. You know, I, I had to make all this shit up on my own. And I'm like, all right, well, um, I haven't been to D.C. since I was um, a kid. So um, where can they march? Uh, all right, we'll march around the Washington Monuments and go to the Lincoln Memorial. And um, it worked out really good. Um, you know, ICP spoke. They also did a concert that night in front of the Lincoln memorial with Fago and everything which was a great moment in american history as far as i'm concerned is that on video somewhere or where can we see that at it's on youtube and uh, there's footage of it um on the in the united states of insanity the documentary hmm. that's yeah. fantastic i will have to uh we'll have to have the super producer put a link up to that 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 that's uh that's pretty interesting i mean that's a great story yeah thanks I had no so idea. did they take I, you I off remember, the uh, the march? Uh, uh, so did they take you off the hit list, or what? What? How did it end up? Well, what happened was um, the um, FBI got so much bad press from from this that uh, they they stopped doing the gang list altogether. Now they never really they never formally took Juggalos off the list, but they stopped publishing the uh, list. So and uh, since then, Juggalos haven't have um, not uh, complained about law enforcement messing with them or anything like that. So um, we consider the, the march to have been a success because after that, um, reports of Juggalos being harassed went from quite a few to almost none. So it so so the march definitely worked in our favor. Well, good for you. Yeah, that's I mean. Yeah. I mean, happy look. ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so, that's pretty awesome. I didn't. Yeah. Even, it was. I had no. I, I had no idea about that. I mean, yeah. Kudos. Kudos to you for uh, putting that together and and making. Oh, thanks, it, man. Making it work. I mean, it can't be easy for sure. But. No, it wasn't. That's. Uh, but it was. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. It's cool to be a part of American history, however dubious, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you? So you have no problem. Uh, drive around in your uh, van with uh, Juggalo and ICP stickers all over, then, right? Right. Nobody. Um, I have not heard. I've not heard of anybody getting pulled over um, for that stuff in in years. So I mean, I mean, I got. Um, I remember I was at the corner of. I lived in Ann Arbor. Um, I had, you know, heard about the the insane clown posse and stuff, and. Uh, on Stern, because when I lived in Massachusetts, I listened to Stern all the time. So sure. you'd hear him on. And I remember the first time it dawned on me that I was in their home turf, so to yep. speak. I was at the gas station there, at the corner of Washtenaw and Washtenaw Avenue. And I can't remember the other road right before 23, I think. And I looked and there was this little Dodge Neon and it was uh, an insane clown posse sticker on it. And I'm like, Oh my God! I'd forgotten all about those, all all about those guys. And then, as I worked, <laughs> like I worked in, like I said, I worked in Farmington Hills at the Enterprise Rent a Car and at a couple plate in Novi and Farmington Hills. And and so you you really began to understand what a culture there was up in Detroit with music and and stuff, you know, and the sports and yeah. stuff, and how cool. Uh, how cool it was that people were doing stuff and, and getting notoriety. And, um, yeah, you know, that was kind of like my first exposure to that kind of, 
to that you could do something like that you know yeah no i mean um icp is very much a an all-american rags to riches tale i mean there's they're still blue collar detroit guys you know and now, how, uh, how's their relationship with eminem um pretty much non-existent um they uh they did have some beef with Eminem back in the in the early 2000s which um resulted in in Eminem and ICP dissing each other on 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 albums and stuff but um no um they were actually on Shade 45 uh Eminem's um serious radio show they were on Shade 45 a couple of years ago with Sway so um obviously Eminem doesn't have any beef with ICP otherwise he wouldn't let them on on his radio station so, yeah. Okay, I got you. So Eminem has its own radio station or radio show up here. Eminem. He has a uh, channel on Sirius XM, I think. Right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Shade Forty Five or Shady Forty Five, one or the other. How do you get your own radio station? I don't know. Well, um, you you got to be. You got to be a lot more famous. You got to be a lot more famous than us. There you go. I well, think, I, I'm not I asking for a station. I just want an hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know. Hey, it'll take somebody hearing us and saying, you know, these guys could kill some time. <laughs> we'll yep. put them on. We'll put them on. So, well, I want. So we want to hear um, the how I ask about uh, the book you had written, and I think you're also writing another book. So give yes, us a sir. little. Give us a little bit about the book you wrote and and where people can find it, and then give us a preview of what uh, what's coming up. Sure. Um, the book I wrote uh, came out two years ago. It's called Purple Bananas. And um, it's all about me growing up as a Prince fan. Um, I grew up in a really, really messed up family. I'm, um, I'm adopted. My parents were abusive. Um, just, you know, it was just, it was just kind of a, a tough upbringing. But I discovered Prince when I was a kid and his music got me through life, basically. So the book is all about just going through life uh, with Prince's music as like a guiding light. Um, so there's stories in there about me working for ICP. There are stories in there about me working for Cardi. And in the background, there's always Prince. And um, so that's what the book is about, basically. It's um, got really good reviews. Um, and I'm actually talking to um, I'm actually talking to a celebrity right now to uh, I'm trying to get him to do the audiobook. I can't say who it is right now because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, there might be an audio book coming out next year of it. And um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I won a gold medal from uh, readers favorites uh, for the book, which was great. Um, and my next book is called uh, Mr. Fantastic Bastard. Um, oh, which... the, the Ozark Haller autobiography. Okay. <laughs> I, nope. Yeah, I just I was just thinking that myself. <laughs> but uh mr fantastic bastard is a um is a another memoir of um basically um basically meet me uh growing up um as as a mischievous kid and everything just all the crazy crap that i got involved in um it's uh it's just nuts that's coming out uh i believe next year and i should i'm talking to a publisher to put that out so uh so yeah. Well I, well, I hope. Was it what was that called? Purple bananas. Purple purple bananas. Yeah. Purple bananas, and I I mean I know what the reference is. I don't you know it's from Let's Go Crazy, right? Slipping That's up right. purple banana yes. peel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Yep. I mean, Sorry, I'm a lyric geek, but you know. No, that's no, I am too. That's great. <laughs> I, yeah, Howard's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, you know, I spend a little time in Minneapolis. I got a special place in my heart for for, for Prince. Prince. Right on. And, and the time, Morse Day. You know, I, I remember the day he passed away. I lived in Minneapolis when the day he passed away, and it was, it was like it was probably bigger than the Kennedy assassination. Oh my goodness, I, I can I can believe it, and and it's what's crazy is. is is Jason, you're sitting there talking about how Prince got you, got you through, and I, and people of our age will remember like how huge Prince and and you know, dare I say, Michael Jackson and Bruce, Prince, yep. like Madonna when those guys came out and the impact music really had on our lives, and you, you know, you either you know, were those are the days where you went and got an album, 
That's because yeah, you only had three TV stations. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and I, I remember I my tired of listening to Cardi Pink Money. My and, my my kids will say something sometimes, especially my youngest. And, and I, my brother belonged. My older brother belonged to one of those uh, cassette tape clubs where they would send him. A, you know what I mean? Columbia and, House, yeah. And, Columbia, and Columbia I remember, House, baby. You know, you know, like Sticks and and Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. And I remember sitting there with a boombox. My old man had give us this. Uh, you know what a boombox is, right? I was explaining this oh, to yeah. day he was making fun of me, and I was like, dude, that was you, you could watch daytime soap operas, right? You could watch soap operas, or you could listen to the boombox, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was your choices. Or go, hey, pick up rocks, cut grass, cut <laughs> some wood. You don't want to yeah. sit in here and listen to the boombox? Go pick up rocks or cut wood. <laughs> you know, Sounds that's your choices. Uh, but I started running through like some of those Prince deep cuts in my in my head, and I'm like, man, I wonder how that song got him through life. I wonder how that song got. Him through. It's all in the book, man. It's I uh, I, I mentioned a lot. Of, I, I, there's there's a lot of Prince songs that uh, that did that uh, just got me through. Um, I mean, I remember the day that um, the day that Cardi got onto me about the uh, my blog entries. I remember just um, humming "Wind Wind Doves Cry," and it, it, I'm sitting there in my office, and I'm just like, you know, why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when doves cry. It's just, oh, it, I like that. I like, yeah, that. that's 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 great. That's great. I look, I I I think that uh, just that idea, you know, uh, from from people our in our generation will resonate because, like I said, that. I know a lot of people that spent a lot of time digging into that music and really, um, and how, like you said, how it changed their lives and got them through different things. And uh, I, I don't think kids these days understand that. No, they I don't think they do either. But uh, wow. I'll tell you what, Jason, I'm glad, I, however you showed up on my feed, glad you did this was this was fantastic you know going you know talking about uh mayor finkbeiner and and exposing some of our fans to the uh insane clown posse because i'm not sure that everybody's gonna love that music but i know probably not <laughs> they'll appreciate they'll appreciate um you know the hard work and and the uh, theatrics and, and and showmanship that goes into it, but that I was totally taken by surprise. You talking about that march? I mean, that's fantastic. That's that, like you said, being part of American history, um, and that is, I mean, that is American history. You put something together and and made a, you know, made an impact on something yeah. you believed in and did it the right way. You know, did it the right yes. way. And, and uh, got people's attention. I, I think that's I applaud I applaud that effort. Even though oh, it's a couple years much. late, even though it's a couple years late, I applaud that effort because that's the way it should be done. You know, you should be yeah, able well. to go and, and speak your mind and and do it in a peaceful way, and and that's how you're going to get your point across. Yes. You know? Yeah. It was a sure. that was that was a great day. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, all of us were uh, completely um, bewildered that we were there, and it's like, like, what are we doing here in DC? You know, I mean, you're standing in the shadow of the of the Washington Monument, and you're just like, wow, this is. I mean, you're right there where um, Martin Luther King, right? I had a yes. speech, right? And it's yep. like, yeah, you're in the you're in the you're in in in, in the the shadows of of some of the greatest stuff that's happened. You know. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, it, it, it was a wonderful experience. I'm really glad glad that I, I got a chance to be a part of it. Well, I, I look, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us for a little while. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. I hope people go check out your book and keep a lookout for the uh, for the next one. But you know, we'll we'll try to put a link up for Purple Bananas. I mean, I'm sure it's is it just is it available on Amazon or is it? Yes, it's available. It is available on Amazon, uh, both as a Kindle and a paperback. Okay, we'll make sure to. I'll make sure to get the super producer to put a link up for that. So, well, but, thank you. Uh, but, uh, Holler, you got any? No, I tell you, I, no, I, 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 I really like, uh, you know, I spent some time out there in that neighborhood, Ohio, Indiana. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine used to live on Ann Arbor, he's passed now, but so, uh, you know, it's 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 wild. There's these little, uh, it's little places in America are like their own little Americas, 
whether yes. it be the soda brand or the music or different things. It's like their own uh, little Americas. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love, that's what makes America great, right yeah, there. That's right. right. Well, I, you know, I just I wish all our uh, listeners, no matter where you're at, a, ha- a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yep, and Happy Merry New Christmas. Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might. Howard, we might have a, we might have an episode. I think we're going to take. Yeah, I think we'll have a New on. Year's episode. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we got to have a New Year's episode. Our our fans probably will not be able to ring in the New Year without it without something. So, <laughs> so, but but Jason, thank you so much. And well, uh, thank you guys. And we'll hey, we'll stay in touch because I I, I think uh, I think uh, we have a lot in common, and I think uh, I think I. I gotta get back in the drink and fago. I just gotta. All right. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.